This is Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine, the most listened to podcast for parents by parents. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine. This is the talk show and live stream podcast for parents. I'm Janice Robinson Celeste, your host and publisher of Successful Parenting Media. Now, I want you to share your broadcast, so if you can share it right now with all, all of your friends and followers, that really helps us a lot. It helps us to compete with the bigger um, publishers and companies out there doing that. And, you know, we're small, so we really need to grow because this is an important platform for us to speak. Um, if you have any questions, you can share them with us easily. Usually, actually not now, do it on Instagram. Usually, you can share them with us on Facebook, on our page, which is Successful Black Parenting. But today, you want to comment in this section. And if you had some experience in this or you know people, tell us what you know. We want to know because this is something we need to start exploring, right? And if, um, if uh, I get your comments or whatever, I may actually mention them if I see them down there and um, talk about it. We'll talk about it live on air. So today, welcome to Back Talk. We have Shakora Norwood. Hey, Shakora. Sandoval. Yes. Talk about I haven't been to Norwood in years. I know you've been to Norwood. I'm I sorry, know. It's Sandoval. Fine. My bad. My it's bad. all good. You, that's because you've known me so long. Still. Right. And I know I told y'all, I, like, I had to it, it took a switch. <laughs> took a switch, right? Um, yes. But Shakora is an entrepreneur of Get Lashed, and she's awesome. She is the mother of two boys. She's African American, and she gave birth to her, old, her oldest son in the States, right? And yes. your newborn in the Dominican Republic, a.k.a. DR. And today we're going to discuss and compare the differences in health care, especially maternity care and delivery in the United States versus other countries. And if you're watching and you're African-American, you've had any experiences with birthing in a country outside of the U.S., I want to hear from you. Um, comment below and let us know. Um, your story because your story actually can end up as an article because I will be like this is so good we need to make it into an article and that's what I want to do here so Shakora first tell the listeners more about yourself um oh my gosh so I um I'm from Atlanta Georgia um I am again like you said an entrepreneur um this birth and getting pregnant was is a story in itself <laughs> um my plan um was not to have the baby overseas And um, everybody thought I was literally crazy. I've heard everything from, can you do that? Um, do people have babies? I'm like, um, people are born all over the world, but yes. <laughs> I've heard that, well, is the baby going to be an immigrant? Um, yes, I've literally heard every scenario. Can you fly when you're pregnant? I didn't think you could fly. So, yes, so the story is wild 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 but um I met my fiance in the Dominican Republic on vacation so um and that was part of my reason for having the baby there so it depends on how depth you want to go into the story and how I chose to decide to have the baby or just dive straight into the birth well not don't go into the birth <laughs> yeah but you decided you had an interesting story because you were pregnant when you met your fiance he took mm -hmm. he took over which is amazing you know yeah. an amazing man to say hey you're pregnant with somebody else's kid but I'm going to be that dad and that's amazing. That's pretty, pretty much amazing right there. But um, you decided to do, did you know anything about hospitals and DR? Did you have any No. Idea? So what happened was, because I'm an optimistic person, and I really thought that we were going to file for the K-1 fiancé visa, and I was just going to bring him here. And, you know, mm -hmm. being, again, being optimistic, I was like, oh, this will take three to five months. By the time the baby's here, you'll be here. We can have the baby in the States. 
Well, we had a series of things that did not go. <laughs> and um, it got to the point where I was like, well, you're not going to make it here in time. And I need to stop hoping and praying and wishing that you will make it in the States in time to have a baby together. And I need to come up with a plan B. So the plan B was, you know, I was like, well, I don't have it there. So the crazy part is um, I went at six months pregnant and I saw how easy it was to go to the doctor. And that's honestly what prompted me to have the baby there. So in the DR, you know, here, um, ironically, I did both. So I tried to make it a, a doctor's appointment. And I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't go consistently. You know how some, oh, my gosh, I'm pregnant. Let me go to the hospital every five minutes. Or let me go to the doctor's appointment every month. No. Um, obviously, feeling comfortable with my first son and just kind of like this is my second go around. I kind of knew that I didn't have to rush to the, you know, I think when you're a first-time mom, you're just so excited. And you're like, okay, I need to go to every doctor's appointment. And, again, being a two-time business owner, I just did not have the time and the flexibility to just keep going. And, you know, and then, again, insurance being out of, the loop with that, it's just been a mess. So, again, there was a lot of series of why I chose to go to the Dominican Republic. So, first of all, I tried to get um, a doctor here. So, I tried to get insurance. And the insurance, um, I was outside of the, you know, the enrollment. Mm -hmm. So, then there was that. So, then my very first doctor's appointment, I paid out of pocket. But then they were like, well, you have to do a series of blood tests and, you know, stuff like that. You know, the, the, the gastro, mm -hmm. whatever. And they're like, well, that's going to be $1,500. And I was mm -hmm. like, yeah. I don't want to spend $500 on one doctor's appointment. That's ridiculous. So when I planned on going to the Dominican Republic to see my fiance again, I was like, you know what? I should just have my doctor's appointment there. He's like, okay, no problem. So he literally, when I say the simplicity of getting a doctor's appointment gave me my aha moment. Um, so I got there. And at this point, I was around five months pregnant. I was around five months going on the sixth month. And I was like, you know, we should probably go in and check on the baby. Just make sure, you know. It's the right size. It's not like a third arm. You know, that's <laughs> So, um, yeah. So he was like, okay. So he literally, um, I don't know if he used Google. Or he knew a doctor. He was just like, we could just, no. I, I think the very first doctor's appointment, he just knew where our hospital was. So we literally went. We parked our car. And he was like, hey, my fiance is having a baby. Can we see a doctor? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. We waited less than five minutes. And we immediately went into the soft doctor. She did the ultrasound. She, um, yeah, she did all the tests right then and there. And it was, it was easy. And I think we spent American U.S. $50. Wow. So I was in and out with less than an hour for 50 bucks. And at that point, I was like, oh, my God. Like, first of all, I couldn't get an appointment in the U.S. I had to book it two weeks out. And it took forever getting the insurance. And then they told me it was $1,500. So I was like... 1500 compared to 50 this is and my flight to the dr is what 200 so i was like between the flight and the cost of seeing the doctor this is this is crazy this is insane so i was telling my fiance i was like this is this is crazy <laughs> so at that point as i got further along you know in my pregnancy i'm going now on seven months eight months and i was just like you know what I think it would, I called, I called a doctor here in the U.S. So at this point, I'm almost eight months pregnant. So now I'm trying to weigh out my options. And I called, I said, hey, you know, I'm pregnant. Um, I, I'm now ready to get a doctor. Um, can I make an appointment? And the doctor, um, I guess the person answering the phone, the receptionist was like, um, yeah, how far along are you? And I was like, oh, about eight months. There's like, there's no doctor that's going to take you. None. So at this point, you're going to have to go to the emergency room because you're too far along in your pregnancy. So if you have any complications, if you feel sick, 
you can go to um because at this point I was kind of gearing myself up to go to the Dominican Republic, but I wanted to make sure I was safe to fly because everybody kept saying, oh, you know, you can't fly after 36 right. weeks. So what I told myself was, well, maybe I'll go to the doctor's appointment here in the States, have them clear me to fly, and then I'll go there. So I spoke to receptionist at the doctor's office, and she said, no, no doctor is going to physically see you at eight months pregnant. Mm -hmm. You have to go to either, um, what did they say? Um, What's not the emergency room when you go to CVS? What's oh, the walking clinics. Yeah, those yep. walking clinics. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So at that point, she's like, you can go to urgent care if you and just say you have a complication at that point, and then they can clear, maybe they can test it around, see if you're okay. So I'm like, that's my only option, and she's like, that's your only option. So I was just like, you know, I had the great another thing that prompted me that felt so comfortable to have the baby overseas is that my pregnancy was virtually like smooth i had no nothing nothing i mean mm -hmm. i think i had like a little pain in my right knee um that was really bad because the baby was sitting on like a bad nerve um but outside of that i did have no morning sickness um i didn't gain a ton of weight i exercised the whole way through um i literally worked up and day to the day that i left to dr um i had multiple flights so um one of my businesses is in atlanta so I, and I could not just say, I can't go to Atlanta. I had to go to Atlanta. So I flew at eight months pregnant. So I said, well, there's nobody, there's no one at the airport that says, Hey, wait, how pregnant are you? You can't get mm -hmm. on this flight. Mm -hmm. So when I realized that I said, okay, so this rule doesn't make any sense. Right, right. <laughs> so when I did further research, it's, it's basically up to your discretion and up to your doctor's discretion. So people kept asking me, like, you're going to fly at 38 weeks? I was like, yeah, no one's going to stop me at the airport. I mean, unless I feel comfortable, there's, I don't, there's, no, there's no difference. And obviously, being that the yard is only a two-hour flight, I'm like, I sit not in traffic on a Friday afternoon. So what is the difference? Other than, obviously, yes, air pressure. But again, there's no scientific research that says, you know, if you get on an airplane, touch and touch feet in the air, you're going to damage your baby. No, it just says it's just not a good idea because you can go into labor in the air. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I had no early signs of labor at all. So at that point, I was like, you know what? I have no early signs of labor. Why not? And it's going to save me so much money. So I had my fiance um, Google how much it would, well, not Google, ask a doctor, the same doctor that we went to when I was five months pregnant, how much would be the cost to have the baby overseas? So she said $1,700. We're like, $1,700, and I get to have birth. I was like, and I have a C-section. So my first son was a C-section. And so she's like, yes, you can, we're going to recommend you to have another one here as well. And that's going to be the cost. And I was like, well, do, is there a payment plan? Or, you know, just getting my options out. And they're like, no, well, to have the baby, you have to pay, you know, the day of the surgery. And then you leave. So I was like, okay, cool. So our biggest issue was, okay, how to get the baby back home. Because like I said, I felt Wait, straight. don't give it to yet, that yet. Don't go to yet. I'm going to address that later. <laughs> that was what I was wondering. Because you did that pretty fast. I was, I was wondering about that. But... First of all, I got to say, disclaimer, we never recommend that women don't go to their monthly doctor's appointments. Right. I understand why you didn't. Everybody's different, but you should really go, if, you know, but, you know, I understand why you didn't, but, like, I have to say Be that. I didn't um, go because of a couple of reasons. A, I couldn't get an appointment. Mm -hmm. B, I, um, the insurance. So okay. I filed for Medicaid, even though... I knew I wouldn't get approved for it. I didn't get approved for it. And again, I'm running two businesses. I have an eight-year-old. I'm literally going crazy. So again, I use Google as my best friend. I don't recommend it, but I had zero complications. So it was just like, check your fetal. You can count your fetal movements. 
you know, mm -hmm. like if the babies continue to kick, you feel the baby kicking, then technically you're in the clear. So mm -hmm. I was like, well, he's kicking up a storm. <laughs> I feel great physically. I just, it didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Okay. So we're getting some questions, especially from Nurse Doctor One. So I have lots of questions too, Nurse Doctor One. I'm going to ask too, but I, yeah, that's that's one question. I don't know if you can see it on your Instagram, but we have some questions. Um, but yeah, so okay, so you did that. It was cheaper. I get that. I, I totally understand that because I know even with insurance that you purchase or you get yourself, um, that um, it's awful. Like the deductibles. Yes, and high, the, the biggest issue was I already was pregnant. So right. when I did call for the marketplace, I did speak to an insurance agent and they said, okay, the cheapest one we can find you is going to be about run you about $500 a month. And you're going to have to pay 1200 out of pocket costs, you know, uh, the day of you have the baby. So I'm doing the math on 500 a month mm -hmm, <laughs> and plus mm -hmm. having the baby, you, you know, the day of the actual appointment. And I was like, okay, well, let me shop around. And then that's when I filed for Medicaid. Medicaid took forever. At this point, I'm going on five or six months. I have my first visit to the DR. And then, like I said, with that visit going so smooth and so easy, I said, you know what? Wait. I could fly back to the DR multiple times and have my doctor visits there. Absolutely. So that's, I mean, that's, that's all very interesting because, okay, so DR, what, what part of DR were you in, first of all? Because they're different words. Yes, yes. So my family <laughs> lives in Santa Domingo, okay. and you okay. can actually tell me the name of the hospital. I forget which it's one. It's a very okay. So that's a very nice area. There are areas that have like you know third world country hospitals. So I just yeah. wanted to clarify <laughs> what the quality of the hospitalization was for you. But we're going to get into that too. Okay. Um, the one person asked what the nurse asked what was the um, doctor who cared for you in DR even concerned about or was it, I'm not sure she was asking if you were concerned about the previous c-section that you had because why did you have a c-section in the first place with your first child oh sure great question um I had a c-section just because it was recommended uh, my first son mm -hmm. um I was after 40 weeks um I think I was like almost 41 weeks mm -hmm. and I went for my final checkup again you know those checkups that are like daily like okay you know and so finally I went to my final checkup and they're like why are you still pregnant and you know me I'm like I don't know and they're like well we think you should have the baby today so um, they induced me, and so uh, I was induced with my first son, and he still didn't come. Um, so at that point, they said, you know, the heart rate baby is fast. Um, what did they say? They said the fluid is low. They always um, say that, though. But I'm not saying yeah, it's true. Right, so right. But I get, you I know, that, and they, they broke my water. So, okay. No, they okay. said and they said the baby is in distress. I mean, I mean, I was induced. I mean, I was in the hospital a good couple hours. I'm not sure. I can't remember how long. And then they finally came in like, no, we got to take this baby out. And at that point, you know, you're laid up and drugged out. You're just like, okay, whatever you guys think is best. Right, right, right. Um, looking back on it, I definitely feel like, you know, it was rushed. They made me have, you know, a C-section. But at the same time, like, my son was, I, I wasn't dilated. I mean, I don't even think I got up to, like, five centimeters. Like, he just was not coming. Yeah, he's, he's, he's ready to go sleep, chill out, <laughs> and stay in there for a while. Now I don't blame him. I don't right, him. right. Um, yeah. So let, I just want to reiterate for the people who are just joining, because the reason I wanted to discuss this topic of African-American women having babies outside of the U.S. is because even the highest educated black woman is three, has three times the chance of dying in childbirth than the least educated white woman, and infant mortality rates or black babies is about the same. And then there's the cost of delivering babies in the States. It's expensive. We don't rec we're not recommending that you do one or the other, but I, need, I want to talk about it. Um, right. Black women are also looking, and somebody mentioned this, that they also are looking to have their babies at home with midwives now, um, which 
I found out somehow, and I'm not sure if it changed, was illegal in Atlanta. We're going to discuss that, too. Oh, wow. Um, but, yeah, but um, so they have to kind of go, you know, behind the scenes, and, you know, they partner with the doctor. And I know, you know, they partner with the doctor, and it's usually a good thing as long as there's no complications. And they also, the doctors have a hospital, so the baby can go to the hospital if necessary. But there's so many Black women looking to have their babies at home in other countries now or basically seeking alternatives. So we are discussing this topic today, and I want to hear all sides, all you know, people who have done it, who, um, doctors who like, whatever, tell me, I want to know, I want to hear about it. Shakur, what are the ages of your children? So my son is eight, he'll be nine in January. And then my newborn is one month um, in a couple days. So okay. he'll be two months on the 17th of December. Okay. So, so let's, before we get into immigration and all that, let's talk about what were the contrasting differences between the two births as far as hospital quality and care. Uh -huh. Can you t address that a little bit? Yes. So I'm not going to lie to you. I had my son in Marietta, Georgia, in one of the mm -hmm. newer hospitals. Um, I forget the name of it. This girl's been so long. Anyway, so it was a very nice hospital. I mean, you name it, they had it. You know, it was, like I said, it was one of the newer ones. So it was pristine. Um... It, it was clean, like I said, it was nice, you know, everything was, you know, top standard. I didn't have any issues at all with the hospital with my son um, in Marietta, Georgia. Um, okay. Like I said, other than being induced and uh, not, not being induced, but other than having the C-section, you know, because that's not, obviously I wanted to have my son naturally, but outside of that, I feel like I didn't have control over, like once the doctor was like, no, we're having a C-section, there was, there, what else can you do? So, um, Outside of that, like I said, my, my hospital experiences was great. I think I stayed, what, three days? You know, they fed me. You know, everything was great. Okay. Um, now, this hospital, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, it was not new. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was old, but you felt like it had the necessities. And the great thing about it is that there's, there's multiple um, doctors in it. Like, as soon as you walk in, there's multiple people, there's multiple doctors on multiple floors. So it was a hospital, like, kind of like ours, but it was just way smaller. Um... But the one thing about the DR I want to say is that I have a sense of comfortability. Like, I don't, like, I don't know if you guys have ever been or, you know, especially because this is a Black, successful Black. I mean, when I go to the DR, I literally feel at home. So there's an at home. Even oh, though, yeah. obviously, there's a language, you know, um, I know Spanish, but I'm not fluent. Mm -hmm. um, and my fiance is fluent. And so believe it or not, when we met, he didn't speak one word in English. Not one. <laughs> he mm -hmm. can barely say hello. Um so, um, but I don't know, I felt, I feel extremely comfortable being there because everyone looks like me. So, it, and there's a sense of home to that. Um, so, and like I said, I don't know, again, the people there are genuinely just nice and caring and like warm. Like it, it's, it's literally like no place I've ever traveled. And I've, I want to say like, I, do, I got a couple of books on my passport, so. I don't know. Again, I've just felt a sense of peace. So yes, the hospital wasn't top tier. It wasn't super nice. No. But did I feel safe? Absolutely. I felt safe with my fiance interpreting for me. And I get into that too. It's so funny because like he, cause he's learning English. So he's, he took an English class after, you know, we met and he's been learning like a bunch of stuff. And so he just feels confident with interpreting for me because we typically use like a Google Translate. You know, if the if the conversation gets too you know deep and heavy, we'll pass each other the phone. But like throughout the whole doctor's experience, he's just like you know they're going back and forth. Da -da 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 -da. And he's like, and I'm like, okay, tell me what they said. Tell me what. And he's like, oh, it's okay. And I'm like, no, tell me what, 
sorry, that was good. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I need word for word. <laughs> Use the app. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he, I think that was another aspect of it that made it go smoothly that he literally was like, he did everything for me. He literally did everything. So uh -huh. yeah. Uh -huh. So down to the work, down to, yeah, the driving, he did everything. He, so it was, I just showed up and had a baby. <laughs> right. And um, we had a couple of questions earlier about Medicare. And you said you talked about that a little bit. Um, I'm not going to go get into it too much, but you guys, you know, she's a new entrepreneur. So when you're a new entrepreneur, money's tight. Like you, you're not really making money. You're trying to get this off the ground. So she's not like this necessarily wealthy entrepreneur. And is like, boom, 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 boom. So, you know, that's uh, another thing. Um, and it's ups and downs in entrepreneurship. Like one minute you're up here, then you're like, oh, making money. Next, then the next day you're like, oh, no. Yeah, I knew I could qualify for mm -hmm. Medicaid. I knew I could do both ways. I could save my income and pay, mm -hmm. or I could save my income this and get Medicaid. Mm -hmm. But what happened was, I um, when I originally filed for Medicaid, and mm -hmm. the thing is, they really don't want you to get it. Don't. That's my. Three reasons why you didn't get approved. So I got denied, mm -hmm. and they were like, "Well, you mm -hmm. have to counter." You have to come back and refile again. You know, that whole scenario. And I was mm -hmm. just like, I don't feel like doing all this. Yeah. So then that's when I called to see how much would it be if I just paid for actual insurance. And then that's when they quoted me the $500, you know, a month. And then the $1,200 delivery fee. Mm -hmm. And then I, and I was willing to do that. But I'm like, okay, but let me just, when I need it. You know what I'm saying? I, still, mm -hmm. I was still weighing out my options. I feel like I was like, throughout my entire pregnancy, I kept trying to weigh out my options on what I wanted to do. Um, and again, um, this year, opposed to last year, my business definitely took a major hit. Um, and that was something, I'm not going to lie to you, you know, was my fear. I mean, obviously, you're always going to have money to, you know, have birth. That's not an excuse. But if you can cut costs somewhere, it's like, I have to find it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, and then also, a part of that is that my fiance, he really wanted to be at the birth. And um, a little backstory, you know, I'm getting personal here. But even though I was married with my first son, um, husband, my ex-husband, he wasn't at my, my birth. He wasn't at his son's birth because he was, you know, incarcerated. And so to me, I just was like, I don't want to go through this again. I don't want to have a baby and my significant other is not in the room with me. So between financially, emotionally, and I, I just was like, I want to have it with him mm -hmm. so yeah. so i think okay, that, that also sense. prompted me to have it in dr and and no one wants to have birth alone that's not something most people want to do so we totally i totally get that so let's talk about now you had this beautiful baby right um and um you know it's it's funny because uh they have a gene in the side of their family we have it too but it's more rare it seems like on our side of family where the blonde hair pops out <laughs> and your babies have blonde hair and um, I was just talking about this with some um, Norwegians on Facebook today and, and arguing. They were basically promoting eugenics, eugenics. And I was saying to them, and I was just really, if you ever find that conversation, I was messing with them. Like, I had time. <laughs> I just was messing with them. Like, I didn't even care at one point what I was saying was totally 100% accurate. I was just like, do, 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 do. <laughs> so I was messing with them. So, but I was trying to tell them that, you know, even in um, black communities, like you can't have a pure race. There's no such thing as a pure race because, you know, first of all, blonde hair, blue eyes are recessive genes, right? Mm -hmm. So 
it's a mutation. I know they're supposed to have, so, have blue eyes. Right. Right. <laughs> That's what I was like, it's a mutation that people want to propagate. And, and you know, usually with mutations, we don't want to propagate those. And the Nazis didn't want to propagate any other mutations except for the blonde hair, blue eyes, and a few other features, right? But those are the main ones. And I was just saying to them that in the Black community, even, if, even with the opposite, if we have one, you know, gene somewhere where we have blue hair, I mean, blue hair, blue eyes and blonde hair, that can pop out at any time, hundreds of years later. So there's nothing pure about anybody's genes. And the fact that the oldest skeletons were found in, you know, with African descent, they found in different places, but with African, they came from Africa, like Bulgaria, they found the oldest skeleton ever. And that's, they found out they were from where? Africa. So anyway, um, so it, so that means those Nazis that are trying to have a pure race with recessive gene, genes, basically you can't because even if there's 0.000001 in their DNA that they're from Africa, it's still there. You can't just, mm-hmm. you know, whitewash it away with breeding. And then with, you know, there's a lot of complications with that. So anyway, so I was saying, and in your family, you have that blonde hair gene that popped up. So I think that's interesting because we have it. Wide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We have that too, and it's just interesting. I think it's just interesting. So, but oh, let's get back to immigration now. Yeah, immigration. I didn't went on a tangent for a minute. And it's so funny before so... we move to the blonde hair subject. So, my mm-hmm. first son is mixed. You know, his dad mm-hmm. is um, Latino and white. So, mm-hmm. my first son's dad, he is not black at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, you know, commonly it's like, okay, your baby came out a little light skin with blonde hair. Okay, we can see why. And then his mother, my ex husband's mother, She's not blonde, blonde, but she's like a cherry blonde. So we're like, yeah. oh, the, the blonde came from him. So, you know, him and his side of the family. But it's so funny because my second son, my newborn, he's even whiter than my first son. And his hair is even blonder. And both parents are black with black hair. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, both parents are, you know, mixed, you know. Yeah. Um, we all but are it's, it's funny that <laughs> the child with both black parents <laughs> came out lighter and with more blonde hair than my first son who actually is me so it's it's wild <laughs> it's, it's it's the eve gene you yeah. have it as black women mm-hmm. if you guys don't know what the eve gene is google it. it's a thing um not making that up it's just a beautiful thing to know black girl magic that's what that's it is right. okay right. okay <laughs> um yeah that's what we have but so were you concerned about not being able to bring the baby back right Okay, away? so don't ever listen to any of your friends or family members because they're all going to call you crazy. Um, but Google is always on your side. And it's so funny because um, that's honestly how I've made it this far in business and very almost every aspect of my life. Um, I don't assume. I don't think. I literally just look it up. I look it up and I assess it from there. So at this point, I think what was the positive I was like look you guys have children there (laughs) so I know it's safe to have a baby overseas because you have a country full of people um so I I got that with (laughs) from that synopsis alone but then I was like I really started to think you know when I did my google search um I thought about it like you know because you know you know you hear those stories like oh my gosh this girl got pregnant on the plane and the plane had to emergency land And I thought about that. So if a plane, let's say you were traveling out of the country and you just so happen to land in a different country, is the baby still American? And sure enough, yes, the baby is still American just because you flew into a different country does not make the baby non-American. So Mm. basically that's what we had to file. So it's called an emergency birth abroad. 
So technically, if this is an emergency birth or you just so happen to give birth in a different country, the baby is still American. It's not like, oh, you know, that type of thing. So with that being said, you can get a U.S. passport and you can bring the baby back. And it's actually quite common. Hmm, that's interesting. And that process so, was actually easier than most people. Yeah, yeah. It, it was literally a document, a fee, and we got it all done within one day. Which is amazing because how long are we waiting for passports in the States, actually? <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's pretty good, especially with um, COVID and the pandemic. Yeah, it's been so yeah. long to get passports. Now, technically, had we... You know, there is, it is a process. Cause you know, when, cause I'm not gonna lie to you. According to Google, it says six weeks. It says you mm-hmm. can't have the baby fly back until the baby is six weeks old. But then it also said, ask your doctor. So I was like, well, I can't say six weeks in the DR. That's impossible. I have my son over here. I have my businesses over here. I knew, I was like, I'm not going to be six weeks in the DR. <laughs> I said, if I have to spend a month, I'll spend a month. Um, but again, it was all up to the doctor's discretion. Um, again, I did my Google research on, you know, how old does a baby have to be to fly? And, you know, again, people are like, oh, you can't fly with a, you know, um, a baby that's only a month old. That's not true. So hmm. I flew back and my baby was only two weeks old. So, um, again, it's, it's, the doctor was like, yeah, we, why not? Take him on a plane. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, wait, so I think I'm assuming that you're, your baby have any immunizations before you flew? Because at two months, what they do it again? No, because he's, he's too little to, for, immu- for immunization. Okay. He's only two weeks old. Okay, I had to do mm-hmm. my research on that so one. So it's yeah, basically <laughs> up to your discretion. It's like, if you have to go back home, you have to go back home. <laughs> I see. So how do you protect your baby on the plane? What did you do for like stuff? Like I mean, on. obviously, we're still in COVID, um, so yeah. everybody was still, you know, masks, which actually was nice, um, but outside of that, there's nothing okay. you can really do. You know, you can't right. put a mask on a baby, but everybody else okay. was, you know. That's, so. that, that's definitely a big deal that they mm-hmm. had masks on because they, you know, they had just had the flu or something or, you know, who, they, you know we're always worried about them getting RSV. Or whooping cough, whooping, whooping cough, whooping, I can't get out today, whooping cough, mm-hmm. um, you know, stuff like that. So I'm sure if everyone wearing masks and then now they have to have mm-hmm. filters and they clean it and stuff, it's probably right. much more safe than probably it Probably safer to be. now than ever before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that, if that's you think great. about it that way, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So my question is, would you do it again? I would. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Questions. This is the time to ask. Go ahead. Keep going. It was easy, you know, and I think that's the one thing I like about the new Dominican Republic is that, you know, if you want, like, even, like, like I said, our rent-a-car situation, you know, like, oh, I want to rent a car for today. You pay the people, you pay, you can pay through the app, you know, there's no, you know, here you got to rent a car, you got to run, they got to, you got to pay the deposit, they hold your credit card, you know, the gas, the mileage, like, like, when I say, you know, yes, it's a third world country, but I feel like, it's A, B, C. <laughs> you want something, you buy it, you get it done. And I just feel like there's no hoops, there's no circles, there's no nothing. It's, to me, it's, it was just a walk in the park. Wow. Okay. So, obviously, we have expats and other um, Black, um, African-American women having babies all over the world. Um, you picked DR because your fiancé is there. Um, you know, I, I would love to hear from other people later, even if you've done this um, somewhere else, so we can kind of compare and contrast. 
Um, of course, as a successful Black parenting magazine, we can't, we're not saying, oh, do this or do that. You know, it's totally up to you right. to weigh your options. She felt that's all she had at that point, and I get it, and it worked out well. And then she got to see a new side of medical care. Um, you know, it might not be as luxurious necessarily as the new hospital you you had your first child in. in Atlanta, and I love the communication safe. we had with the doctor. Like my fiance, literally, what's after every question we had, he just was he was able to call her and speak to her directly, instantly. Like, and I was just like, you can like with my first son, I I never spoke to the like. Of course, you call her office, the receptionist right. answers, and then the receptionist answers. Well, we can't answer that. You have to come in and make an appointment. And the next thing you know, it's a $90 copay with the appointment. Exactly. Like, no, my fiance called the doctor. Hey, he was, he was able to even text her. Hey, you know, what do we need now? I mean, it was it's insane on the simplicity of, like, getting things done. Um, and like I said, you know, I was 38 and a half weeks when I got on the plane. I got there October 13th. We saw the doctor. We had to do all the blood tests um, instantly. We hit, um, and they're all different places. So we had to go um, get the blood test. Again, we went there. We paid the $50, and we left. They got it the next day. They were open on Sunday. I mean, it was just insane how much easier it was. Right. And did you have the cesarean this time, too? Did you have to do Yes. So I had a C-section there. Now, I will say that that was a trip. So in America, my C-section um, I was not put to sleep. You know, you're awake the whole time. They numb you. And, um, yeah, you have the baby. Now, they did attempt to have me awake um, this go around as well. But, you know, they did, like, a pinch test, which is so funny because in America they didn't. They kept, you know, they kept poking me with a needle to see if I still felt it or felt the pain of the needle. So they gave me, they gave me the epidural to numb my, you know, my stomach to, get, to prep me for the C-section. So what the doctor would do was pin me to see if I felt the pain or like if I felt the tug. He's like, hey, are your legs going numb? And I'm like, no, not yet. And I'm like, he's like, do you feel this? And I'm like, I feel it. So after on the 10th, do you feel this? And I was like, yes, I feel the prick. He was like, oh, I'm just going to put you to sleep. And I was like, okay, <laughs> whatever. Okay. So he puts me to sleep and I'm not going to lie to you. I swear to God, I thought I died. I never, because I had, I got my breasts done. Um, so I've been <laughs> under before um, when I got my breasts done last year. And this one was different. I hit like a different realm of like sleep <laughs> and it was wild. It was a trip. And so when they woke me back up and I was like, was there complications? Cause I'm like, did I go under? Did I black out? And they went be resuscitated. And they were like, no. And they were like, I was like, I don't know the light girl. I saw all of that. I swear to God. Oh my God. <laughs> no, like dead ass. And I was like, I didn't go under. Like I didn't die for like a couple seconds. They were like, no. <laughs> Anyway, but that's my trip. But yeah, that might have been your fear in your brain too. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, I was like injury. different. Like I was knocked yeah. out. Like, yeah. We're gonna sleep. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if this was the anesthesia in the ER are different from the anesthesia wow. in America, but that I definitely did not feel. I it was definitely out of body for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's um, something else. That that's really <laughs> scary, though. Yeah, um, that's what I was like. Is everything? And they're like, no, we, they tell you out. Everything's fine. Baby's fine. I'm just like, great. Okay. You, <laughs> you know, I'm always skeptical. What they really tell you? Who knows? I, don't, I have no idea. Um, but I know I appreciate you coming on and telling your story because you know there's a lot of African Americans looking to do a lot of different things and outside of the U.S. I belong to a Facebook group of. African Americans who are um, moving outside of the U.S. They have done it. People who've done it um, and successfully done it. So we're looking at alternatives for birth 
And guys, if you joined us late, we're looking at um, Shakur is here to tell us about her birth experience in the DR. She had uh, one birth here with her older son in the United States and one birth in the Dominican Republic. And we're comparing and contrasting the two because we know black women here in the United States are looking for alternatives to hospital care because of the high mortality rate for um, black moms, as well as for um, infants, there's a high mortality rate. So we're looking at everything from midwifery um, to now women are going outside of the United States. Now I have to say, I have to tell you guys this because this is a common thing for other countries that often come here, right. so, but so they can get dual citizenship, which I'm going to ask you about again, oh, the citizenship thing again too, because in, you know, we have a lot of Russians that go to Florida and it's called maternity tourism, mm -hmm. right? And they come here and they're able to apply for dual citizenships uh, for these children. And it always makes me wonder, like, they playing chess with us because, you know, once those kids become 36 years old, I believe, they can literally run for president. But, in, you know, you know, the Kremlin's going to be behind some of those births. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm just saying no conspiracy theories, but keep your eyes open 36 years or so. So anyway, <laughs> but yeah, because, you know, they're always into stuff in Russia with the United States, um, especially, um, you know, Putin right now. He's just, he, he always hated the United States. So, but that's something that other countries, do women in other countries do they come here or to other countries uh, right to have that's their the so all his, his, his entire dominican family was like she's coming here to have the baby we go there to have the baby and i'm just <laughs> right, like, right. I, so yeah, all you, you an american left america the you know the richest country in the world to right. have the baby in the third world country. <laughs> i mean it, i mean sure we have the money but it's a fallacy that is uh, full of you know uh, sugar and honey <laughs> and, and, and then everything is literally and, our biggest fight like me like me and my friend, we never we never we never fight like we never argue yeah. we're it's the corniest relationship ever but if we disagree it's literally between what he thinks america is and mm -hmm. my country is yeah. shit there's no good jobs the money is terrible rah 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 i'm yeah. like Come over here, buddy. We're moving Fine. there, right? right? We're moving there we're, on the ocean. We're trying to leave the country, yeah. right? Right. Ocean no. front property. We're trying to we're trying to buy things up and do things in different countries because they can't it's see affordable. anything past the money. They can't see anything past the money. But when they're they, like, they, but they you don't make realize that but you make more money. The cost you know, like, of okay. living. You you okay? So if you're making thirty five thousand a year, and that might sound good to them, but the cost of living is exactly that up, right? He's, so he that's doesn't what get it. Don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you, what advice would you give a mother who is thinking about birthing outside of the United States? What would you say to them? Um, fears in your mind. Like, honestly, like, a million things could have gone wrong. Sure, why not? But that's fear. That's fear. And it's, it's and you know what they, what they say about fear? Fear is fake. It's all, it's all in your mind. It's things that you thought of. Oh, this could go wrong. Or da, 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 da. You know, and the reality of it is you're more likely to get in a car accident here in America on the way to the hospital. Anything that could have happened could have happened right here in the States, literally. Um, so, no, it's, it's there. you know, there is no such rule as you can't fly a certain amount of months. There is no such thing as, oh, my baby's not going to be able to come back in the States. None of that was real, you know, but it's a fear that, you know, most people kind of assume, oh, you can do that and you can do that. And um, like I said, it, for me, I wanted to have my child with my fiance. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to risk it, you know? Mm -hmm. And there wasn't any risk at all, honestly. So yeah, don't let your thoughts 
be a reason why you don't do it because no people have healthy babies all over the world even in third world countries even with no hospital even with nothing you could still have a baby it's so funny like because when i posted about it um you know dr is known for their aesthetics you know a lot of people go there to have surgery so i'm like okay so women want themselves <laughs> you go have surgery there, but the thought of having a I was going to say that. Insane. I'm like, what? I, was say that. I mean, now, no, yeah, no, there are some casualties that come out of those yeah. BBLs and things like that. But, you know, for the majority of the people that go there and do make it out, yeah. you know, the statistics are higher for that than for death. But we, we kind of concentrate on the death because it's scary, right? So, I mean, it's realistic. It happens and it's going to happen, like, like pretty Z Kitty just said. Um, it can happen anywhere. So yeah, it can happen in the United absolutely. States. Um, you know, of course, you know, we um, are going to be worried about the risk in another country. Um, and especially because those are tight knit communities, like they connect on Facebook before they even go to DR and they know each other. So yeah, so it's it's scary either way. In but sense, surgery itself is scary. Yeah, anything you do. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I said, infant mm -hmm. mortality, America, I mean, it's, they're always going to be yes, a fear. Mm -hmm. But having it in it you should not have a fear about having it in a different country because people can be born all over the world and that's kind Absolutely. of pushed me into saying okay well you guys you're fine right like i said even my fiance thought of everybody i was literally the only it wasn't until he didn't he didn't start freaking out until after because he was like are you gonna make it on the plane and i was like i'm going to make it on the plane i just flew last month and yeah, he was just like, because he didn't even buy the car seat until the day of my flight. And I was like, you didn't buy, he was like, I just didn't think you could get on the flight. Well, he wanted to make sure. He was like, I'm like, the car seats are expensive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. It's like, uh, yeah, he actually got like a really high end one too. The one that goes from car seat to stroller. Yeah. So. Oh, cool, cool. But he was like, I'm not until I know you're allowed to fly. But no, yeah, I'm definitely wasn't allowed to fly. I felt good. I was comfortable. Like the flight was full. You know, I was nine months pregnant and I, you know, nothing. I just got off the flight. Wow. I mean, that's, that's amazing. It's an amazing story. I'm glad everything went perfectly for you because, you know, like if there's any other with women, if you have any doubts about your pregnancy or concerns, because this probably won't be your option. But if you feel safe and it's something you right. want to do, it's worth exploring as well as you know, and that's another thing. Like, hospital. I, yeah, I was extremely mm -hmm. comfortable. Like honestly, I was like, like I said, I went to the gym. <laughs> I worked out four days a week. I went to work mm -hmm. every single day. I mean, I, I felt fine you know and like I said everybody's pregnancy is different but I literally felt healthy I didn't like outside of the pain in my knee there was no complications at all like none so I was like okay well this is a you know and I took that as a sign for me to okay let's try it you know yeah 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 well we're way over time which we often do because we don't have any commercials and we're not we're not, we're not accountable to anybody but me so with this whole thing as far as boxers etc so I just want to say um, is there anything else you might want to shed light on that we did not address that people might want to know about? Or do? Um, I feel like, I feel like the biggest takeaway was the personal experience with the doctors. How easy it was, the WhatsApping her, any questions we had. I mean, it, even with the pediatrician, we definitely had to have, obviously, when the baby is born, they give you a pedi mm -hmm. you know, pediatrician. She, the way she checked him out, they're just like, yeah. You know, and it's so funny because we asked the doctor if we were her first American. And she said, no, 
you know, she said it was only about two of us, but we weren't our first American to have a baby over there. So, yeah, the, like I said, when the doctor is confident and, you know, everybody felt good about it. So, yeah, it wasn't meant to be. Okay. Well, I forgot to ask this question. Thank you, Pretty Zikitty. Um, Dual citizenship, does your baby qualify for that? Yes, but you have to file. So because I was in such a rush to come back, I, we just got the U.S. passport. But because mm -hmm. he is, um, he was born in the Dominican Republic, he can, I can go get a Dominican passport too. Mm -hmm. Okay. No, yep. that's awesome. So that he'll have two passports? Yeah, nice? yeah. Or, you can have two. That's mm -hmm. nice to have an option, right? So I think yeah. it's crazy. But the thing is, place. the Dominican Republic, because that's the issue that me and my fiance have, is that his passport goes nowhere. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, it does. That's, um, that's true. To, uh, no, it literally goes nowhere. <laughs> I know what you um, mean. It's about 16 countries he can go, and they're called no visa passports. Um, so, which basically means it goes to other third world countries. Um, whereas an uh, American passport, you can go to Cucamonga and come back with no issue at all. But theirs, mm -hmm. because the country is considered, you know, poor, and you know, when you have a country, you think about it logically. You know, if you give everybody a, a passport to go wherever they want, you have no country because okay, it's so much yeah, better. Other, yeah, everyone's yeah. leaving. Yeah. So um, they can't. So that's the issue we're kind of in, we're going through now. Um, and we may go a different route. We may do the work visa route um, than the K-1 visa. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, guys, if you join late, we, I'm going to have this up for a replay. This is a very, very interesting topic. And I want you to share it with other people because, we're, you know, we were talking about having babies in other countries for African-American women because of the high infant mortality rate and high maternal mortality rate here in the United States, which, which is three times higher for the most educated black women, woman versus the least educated white woman. So our moms are dying three times as much and it's not being talked about enough. I start, I'm starting to see groups form and um, uh, people talking in court about it, people talking you know, in Congress about it. Um, different committees being formed, but it's not discussed enough. And the reasons why are just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. And most of it has to do with um, biases, um, unconscious biases a lot, sometimes conscious. And they just don't listen. Um, the doctors aren't listening to us. And I know I'm going to hear comments all from all kinds of doctors and administrators and, um, you know, all over the U.S. about this conversation. And that's when we so did the one on Whit Whiffery, we got people were like really upset with us. I but I don't, I don't care. Go but ahead. that's what, another thing about the DR. Like, if anybody knows anything about DR, everybody's black. I don't care what everybody say. You know, you know, mm -hmm. we see Dominicans here and their light skin and curly hair. When you actually go to Dominican Republic, they're black. They're black, black. Mm -hmm. So to go to a hospital where everybody is you, there is no. It's so funny because I talked to my fiance about you know race and the whole you know how it is here and how segregation and just like you know money, the elite status, stuff like that. And so, so here, my when everybody's all the same thing, you have that lower chance of you know the disparity of like I said, you know, uh, black women, you know, unable to have you know childbirth and um, or you know a successful birth. You know, we have so much more complications. Where in the DR, it's not like that. You know, it's mm -hmm. these are people who look like you who do this every single day. Like it's crazy. It's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, even the statistics for black children that are being born, they have they have a higher rate of, of um, being alive and, and, and surviving childbirth if they have a black doctor. That's another statistic wow. that came out within the past few years. 
it's amazing. It's because we kind of understand each other. Mm. And you know, I always hear um, white people who say they're colorblind, which is a, not a good thing to be colorblind because we're proud of our color and our culture because it represents our culture, right? Um, but um, as far as you know, um, I'm saying they're colorblind and all this, they don't listen, they, they don't understand that people have different experiences. So we may be all human beings, as they like to say, You're, we're mm -hmm. all the human's race. Yes, we are, but we have different experiences. My experiences are different from yours. Your experiences are different from mine. We were raised differently. Even if you were raised poor, white people don't have to worry about the color of their skin being a block for anything. Like, you know, if you're able to not think about that, that's great for you. Because when I go to apply for a job, I'm looking at who's in the C-suite too to see if I wonder they're going to be biased. I wonder they're going to hire me. Or, you know, I know I have the qualifications. I know I'm professional. I know I dress professionally. Are they going to really hire me? Because, you know, I don't see anybody who looks like me, you know? So these and are things sad. that they found you in healthcare. think about yeah. having a child, you know? Like, that's, mm -hmm. that should be your least worry, you know? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Shakur. I want to thank you for coming on Back Talk today. Um, I'm sorry, our actual live stream. I'm going to try to download this video Hi. and get the audio for our, our podcast. And I want to thank you all for participating and listening to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine, the talk show and podcast for parents. I want you guys to share this replay of the broadcast with anyone who needs to hear it and let's get the word out. Be sure to visit, visit our syndicated podcast on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Android, and more. Don't forget to check out our website at SuccessfulBlackParenting.com, which is full of great content, by the way, to help you thrive and not just survive as a parent. And you can also engage with us on social media from our website. Until next time, I wish you all the best and much success. So take care. Thanks for tuning in to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine. We'll see you soon.